Father, we bless your name. Thank God for he had numbered us among those who hear him today. He had granted us grace to be among those who could hear him today. And also, <coughs> you know, uh, divide the holy word of God. We bless your holy name, O King of heaven. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We honor you. We glorify the Lord. We bless your majesty. Thank you for all things that you have done. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Tonight, we are going to just lift up our voices together and thank God. From the scriptures we finish in the book of John today, we read about how Jesus went to Pilate and how Jesus was taken to the cross and how he was, you know, persecuted, the crown of thorn on him and, you know, him on the, on the cross, you know, with the nails in his hand and feet, how he suffered and how, you know, um, he resurrected and showed himself to his people. But along the line, if you read the Matthew uh, report, it says, he met the, 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 the two who were going on the road of Emmaus. He opened their eyes to understand the scriptures. We are going to pray, Lord, open my eyes tonight to understand the scriptures. Thank God for, thank Jesus for his death and ask him to open your eyes to understand the scriptures. Father, we bless your name for your death on Calvary. We thank you for the pain you took for us. It is very, very gruesome. The way he was killed, it is so terribly painful. And he bore the pain for us. He, he saw the pain before he, he, he took it up. Because we read just a day ago that while he was in Gethsemane, he prayed so much in Gethsemane until the, the drop of, his swear was drop of blood, like drop of blood. And so the agony started for a few days and he, he, did not, he did not refuse to go to the cross. Lord, we bless you. We thank you. We exalt you. We magnify thee. Thank God for the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Lord, we exalt your holy name and ask you, Lord Jesus, to open our mind to understand the scriptures today. As the Lord breathe upon me to understand the scriptures, that the word I will speak, the word I will hear, will minister to my soul. The word I will hear today will be from the throne of grace. And Lord, you will grant me understanding, profound insight and deeper understanding of what is being taught than what is taught. Let me to see deeper, Lord, into the word of God tonight, that your name be glorified. This we ask and thank you is done, as we have asked in Jesus' anointed name. Amen and amen. Now I'm going to hand over to Pastor Tyo, and we're going to do um, a review of chapters um, 11 and 12. Today we are looking at 13 and 14. So Pastor Tyo, can I just hand over to you, please? Thank you very much, Apostle. Um, I'm going to invite um, um, so Brother Eric. He'll start us off this evening. Praise the Lord. My contribution is taken from Job 12, verses 4 and 6, which reads, I have become a laughingstock to my friends, though I called on God and he answered, a mere laughingstock, though righteous and blameless. Verse 6, the tents of the marauders are undisturbed and those who provoke God are secure, those God has in his hands. In this passage, we read of how Job experienced what many Christians are experiencing today. Job's insistence in maintaining his self-righteousness caused his friends to rain down insult upon insult on him, even calling him lucky to not have been punished for his denial of sin. 
Evidently, his behaviour led to him being a laughingstock among his so-called friends. They believed that his actions were foolish and God would eventually judge and reveal his sins to him. This led Job to the belief that God was unfair and unjust, as I said last time, and the wicked seemed to go unpunished, but he, a truly righteous man, felt the entirety of God's wrath, or so it seemed. In the world in which we live today, many Christians face uh, have faced the similar taunting and scoffing to what Job went through, though perhaps not for the same reasons. Today, trying to live a righteous life is seen by many as old-fashioned or insulting to the people who do not agree. This leads many truly upright Christians to feel intimidated at the thought of voicing their opinions and expressing their faith for fear of being harassed and mocked by those who do not agree with their way of life. However, the difference between us and Job is that he allowed these trialing times and the comments of others to break his spirit to the point where he began to question the sense behind God's judgments. We cannot allow ourselves to be beaten down by the ridiculing of those who know God. But in our everyday lives, we should pray for the grace of God so that we may stand firm in him until he calls us home, no matter what it takes and no matter the scoffing. And he will stand firm with us too. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Brother Eric. I would like to now invite Dickness Bimbo. Praise the Lord. I'll be contributing from Job chapter 11, verse 12. One of Job's friends, Zophar, spoke unkind words to Job. He was very insensitive to what his friend was going through. He felt he knew so much about God, to the extent that the little knowledge he knows about God, he applied it wrongly. Because as we know from the beginning of the book of Job, God said Job feared him. He was righteous and blameless, so God cannot lie. Job felt Job... Zophar felt Job cannot think at all due to his tribulations. This made him speak to Job anyhow, to the extent that in verse 12 of this chapter, he insinuated that Job was witless, was a fool, a weak, and a dull man. Zophar said Job professed himself to be wise, but Zophar, I would say, spoke from head knowledge and applied Romans 1 verse 22 in a wrong way. Zophar voiced out his own angry opinion, especially as he felt maybe Job should have been quiet after the speeches of the other two friends. It is always good as believers in Christ to show genuine compassion for others and empathize with people, as Jesus did, and according to Romans 12, verses 15 to 16. Most of the things Zophar said were not true, not good, not lovely, not just as the book of Philippians said. We should follow what the scripture says and our words to be pure and gentle. Zophar, in an attempt to justify himself, through several negative ways that Job, which he shouldn't have done as a true friend. But one of the things I admired in Job was that he was composed, see chapter 12. Brethren, since we have the Spirit of God in us and we are imitators of Christ, we should not be insensitive to people's situations or sufferings. We should, as Christians, feel for them. Our words spoken out of anger or from pride to show that we are wiser than other persons, as I suppose Zophar's words were. Do we speak words that we glorify God? In closing, let us, let us just think of this for just a nanosecond, and in thinking of what we are about to ask ourselves, let's first bring to our memories and thoughts what Jesus Christ said in the book of Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 4, likewise in Colossians 3:15. Thus, if Zophar was in Job's position, what would Job, as we know of him in Job chapter 1, have said to Zophar? What would we, as true friends and believers, say to our friends and brethren who are in a near similar position as Job? Thank you. Thanks. I'll now like to invite um, Sister Lois. So 
my contribution is from Job chapter 11, verse 3. It reads, will, you, will your idle talk reduce others to silence? Will no one rebuke you when you mock? Zophar said that Job was a blabber, an idler, and a wicked person later in the um, chapter. This makes Job think of himself as a laughing stock in, um, in chapter 12. This can be related to us today. When people are in trouble, sometimes their friends, they can um, make fun of them and mock them. And that only makes them feel worse instead of them, instead of the friends um, making them feel better by upholding them and encouraging them. Um, we sh um, it says, um, there's this saying that do unto others as you want them to do unto you. So um, we should not be fools. Our words should be seasoned with salt so that we say the right thing, so that um, we uphold people and we don't tear them down. May God help us not to be fools. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you very much. I would like to invite uh, Dickiness Anna. Good evening. I'm going to be taking my um, contribution from Job chapter 12, verse 5. It says, those who are at ease have contempt for misfortune, as the fate of those whose feet are slipping. In this verse, we can see that because Job's friends weren't going through what he was going through, they had no compassion, should I say, towards Job, because they weren't going through the affliction, the pain, so they were insensitive to what Job was going through. And this is sometimes what we do as people. So our friends may come to us or our family members may come to us and say to us, you know, this is what they're going through. Automatically, we'll rule a judgment against them. We'll tell them this is the reason why this is what's happened to you, when in fact it is not. The Bible says the only person that truly knows what's happening to a man is God. In um, Second Chronicles, I think it's 916, but it says that the eyes of God travels through and through the earth. So it's only God that actually knows what is happening to every man at every point so therefore if god has not given us the the word or given us the things to say in terms of when someone is going through difficulties we ought not to make conclusions or give wrong um considerations towards these towards anyone what we should do is ask them to seek god now we can see in this in this chapter that job wasn't wasn't necessarily in a in a in a mind frame to seek god but what should we do then we should act like daniel and go to God and, and go to God with our friends and seek the face of God. Only God truly knows what's going through, what, what each and every man is going through. So therefore, we need to consult God and not make assumptions as to what is going on. And I'm my prayer is that we do not kick a man when he's still down. And that's exactly what Job's friends were doing, kicking him while he was just still down. Thank you. I'm not like to invite Pastor Debbie. Okay, I'll be contributing from Job 12, 17 to 21 and 23 to 25 this portion of the scripture outlined job's observation of god's dealing dealings with men and also with nations whose heart is lifted up in pride hence these verses show the supremacy of god and man's frailty the god who has the power to do and undo to make and to unmake so just a flip of his finger, he can turn a highly intelligent man brainless, as he did with Ahitophel in 2 Samuel 15, 31 to 37. Also, 
a king with a majestic throne dwelling in the animal kingdom. King Nebuchadnezzar is an example of that in Daniel 4, 31 to 32. An anointed um, guardian cherub, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty, now reduced to ashes on the ground because of pride on account of his beauty and splendor. We know who that is referring to, which is the devil himself, in Ezekiel 28, 14 to 19. So the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 4, 7, For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Let's think about that, because everything we are today, everything we have today, is all from God, and we receive it from him. So it's not something that we really earn, but God gave it to us through grace. And the gift of pride is just, all, the, what, all what pride will give us is destruction and disgrace. So the lesson we have to learn is to humble ourselves and never allow God to fall, never allow, uh, we should not allow God to do what we can do for ourselves. The Bible says we should humble ourselves. We do not want God to humble us because it will be devastating. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'd like to now welcome back Apostle. Well, interestingly, thank you so much, Pastor. And thank you for all of you who have contributed. I think I can summarize uh, all what was said today as this. Nobody should try to play God. Are we together? Because God is the one who can see the heart of man. No man have access to the heart of man by his imagination or brain or thinking. So if we, if we see people who are going through, we are not supposed to look for why, but we are supposed to help them get solution. I sympathize with them. Don't play God at all. Don't suggest that maybe because this has happened and that that is the major problem of all the friends of, um, of uh, Job. However, today we are going into chapter uh, 13 and 14. I will hand over straight away to Mommy Omar to carry on with chapter 13 and 14. Praise the Lord this evening. Mm. It's wonderful once again to be in His presence. The Bible says in His presence there is fullness of joy. And this joy will last with us forevermore. I really want to say thank you to every one of you that have contributed in various ways. Your contributions will go far to the ends of the world, in Jesus' name. And also to not take this time for granted, to say thank you to our Father and the Lord Apostle Williams that have given me this great opportunity to teach the Word of God. And I pray tonight that the Word of God that we are going to receive is going to come to us as honey, it's going to taste like it tasted uh, in Ezekiel's mouth, like honey, like never before. Amen. And that takes us straight to the book of Job, chapter 13. There is a lot that we really le- we have been learning from this book of Job, and I want us not to forget it. But let's keep on going back and forth to other Bible studies and uh, that we have studied, and also this book of Job for the time that we are there now and be able to use that uh, path that God wants us to use in our, uh, that, that has affected our lives positively. Amen. Job chapter 13. My eyes have seen all this. This was Job responding to 
uh, uh, his uh, friend's, uh, 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 his last friend that spoke, was trying to argue his case also before God. Yes. He said, my eyes have seen all this. My ears have heard and understood it. What you know, I also know. I'm not inferior to you, but I desire to speak to the Almighty and to argue my case with God. You, however, snare me with lies. Wanted to underline that part. Because a lot of your contributions tonight have come even <clears throat> continued in this way. All his friends telling lies against him. You, however, snare me with lies. You are worthless physicians. Underline that word. All of you. Because I'm going to make reference in my note on that worthless physicians. If only you would be altogether silent for you, that would be wisdom. You can underline that. If time permits, I'm going to speak on that. It's easy to keep quiet when many are talking and learn wisdom to hear what everybody is saying before you conclude at the same time. Hear now my argument. Listen to the plea of my lips. Will you speak wickedly on God's behalf? Will you speak deceitfully for him? Will you show him partiality? Will you argue the case for God? Will it turn out well if he examine you? Will you deceive him as you might deceive men? He will surely rebuke you. And if you secretly showed partiality, would his splendor terrify you? Would not the the dread of him fall on you. Your maxims are proverbs of ashes. Your defenses are defenses of flame. Keep silent and let me speak. Then let come. Uh, then let come to me. What may? Why do I put myself in jeopardy and take my life in my hands? Though he slain me, this is a scripture that we always quote. Yet will I hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. Indeed, this will turn out for my deliverance. For no godless man will dare come before him. Listen carefully to my words. Let your ears take in what I say. Now that I have prepared my case, I will, I know I will be vindicated. Can anyone bring charges against me? If so, I will be silent and die. Only grant me these two things. Underline your, uh, your, your, your scripture there. Grant me only these two things, O God. And then I will not hide from you. Withdraw your hands far from me and stop frightening me. One. Stop frightening me with your terrors. Two. Then some, summon me and I will answer. Or let me speak and you reply. How many wrongs and sins have I committed? <clears throat> Show me my offense and my sin. Why do you hide your face and consider me your enemy? Will you torment a wind-blown leaf? Underline that word, the wind-blown leaf. Will you chase after dry shaft? You are now in autumn, autumn season now. You can see all this is, is obvious. So he's liking himself to all this nature. That becomes a, a, 
a, a wind-blown leaf, a, a, a leaf that has fallen off the tree. That is a dead leaf. Will you torment something that is already dead? Will you chase after dry shaft? For you write down bitter things against me and make me inherit the sins of my youth. Because sometimes when we are going through trouble, we say a lot of wrong things against ourselves. Let's learn from Job and be able to use the right word in any situation that we might find ourselves. You fasten my feet in shackles. You keep close watch on all my paths by putting marks on the sole of my feet. Remember, he has so all over from head to underneath the, teeth, uh, the feet. So man wastes away like something rotten, like a garment eaten by man. That takes us to chapter 14. Man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. And that is exactly how a man's life is. Psalm 90 talks about it. Psalm 144 talks about it. He now likes it. He springs up like a flower and wither away like a fleeting shadow. He does not endure. Will you fix your eyes on such a one? Will you bring him before you for judgment? Who can bring what is pure from the impure? No one. Man's days are determined, which is true. You have decreed the number of, the, of his months and have set limits he cannot exceed. So look away from him and let him alone. Till he has put in his time like a hired man. At least there is hope for a tree. Look at him there, comparing himself to a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout again. I have that in my garden here. That uh, My gardener said it's a habitation for, for birds and the rest of that. Because I felt that we should chop the tree, but the tree fell and it's growing. And he said, no, 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 don't cut it. It's an habitation. So I learned from that as well. So when I read this job, I have an understanding about that. He said, at least there is a hope for a tree. If it comes down, it will sprout again. And its new shoots will not fail. Its, its roots may grow old in the ground and its stump die in the soil. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and put forth shoots like a plant. But man dies and is laid low. He breathes his last and is no more. That is what happened in those days because Jesus has not died. He said, as water disappears from the sea or a river bread becomes harsh and dry, so man lies down and does not rise. That is not so in our case, which I'm going to end with when we get, when we get uh, towards the end of uh, uh, my discussion tonight. Till the heavens are no more, men will not, uh, will not awake. Or be roused from their sleep. But glory be to God. Thanks be to God. God gives us victory at the end of our journey. We will rise with Him and live with Him forevermore. Verse 13 If only you would hide me in the grave <laughs> and conceal me till your anger has passed. If only you will set me a time and then remember me. If a man dies, will he live again? Yes. I know that he will live again. 
All the days of my hard service, I will wait for my renewal to come. You will call and I will answer you. You will long for the creature your hands have made. Surely, then you will count my steps, but not keep track of my sin. My offenses will be sealed up in the bag. You will cover over my sin. But as a mountain erodes and crumbles, and a rock is moved from its place, as water wears away stones, and torrents washes away the soil, so you destroy man's hope. You overpower him once for all, and he is gone. You change his countenance and send him away. If his sons are honored, he does not know it. If they, were, if they are brought low, he does not see it. He feels but the pain of his body and mourns only for himself. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. That takes us tonight to uh, the notes on that chapter 13. As we end the chapter 12, you will see that uh, Job was actually uh, speaking about the sovereignty of God in many, in many of the things that he spoke. Let me quickly go there so that I'll be able to read it to you, so that we can have understanding of this verse, uh, chapter 13. I said to us last week in that chapter 12, 14 to 25, Job was able to speak about the sovereignty of the Lord. And he said, God is sovereign and can do whatever he chooses to do. He is all wise God and no one can query him to remind us of what we studied last week. Let's note all the things he does in chapter 12, 14 to 25. He said, God can make wise foolish and the foolish to be wise. Anyone that is foolish, God can make them to be wise. In him are wisdom and strength. He has counsel and understanding. Some of these verses, verse 13 and 24, you know, it can remind you of that chapter 12. He can destroy and can also make nations great. You can see it in our society today. No one can undo what he does. He's always God and we can depend on him, even when the going is tough. Like, uh, like Job. Job mentioned it in this uh, chapter 12. Even when the going is tough, we can depend on God. Because we see in that chapter 13, it was God. When the friends were speaking all what they need to do, all the horrible things they want to speak against their friends, it was the word of this was God himself that was sustaining him. So he's always God and we can depend on him, even when the going is tough. Are we going through times and situation? I want to say to us tonight, just get wisdom from what I'm speaking uh, to us from that chapter. When the going is tough, let's depend on God. He's able to turn our fortunes around. Psalm 23, I reminded us last week, verse 4. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, because God is always there with us. His rod and his staff, the comforter. To him belongs strength and insight. Verse 16. He leads, of that chapter 12, he leads rulers away, stripped and make full of, of judges. That 21. He takes off the shackles, puts on kings. He pours content <coughs> on nobles and disarms the mighty. 
can see Daniel chapter 4 that I make reference to us about in the, in the address the last week. He reveals the deep things of darkness and brings utter darkness into light. Genesis 1 1, Exodus 12 29 to 32. These are the things that God can do. And God destroys nations and He can restore nations. He makes nations larger and He causes nations to divide. Verse 24 says, God causes the leaders of the people to be foolish. He sends them into the desert away from the roots. Verse 25. They are like men who wander in the darkness without light. Or they wander like drunks. 11 to 12 says, The people in Job's time respect a man's old age. They thought that an old person was wiser than a young person. And that we will see it later on as we read the book of Job 32, 6 to 7. Verse the 16, God is powerful. He's much greater than any person. He even controls the weather. Verse 15, he knows when we lie. Verse 16, and he's a judge. Verse 14. And 17 to 23, God is much more powerful than any ruler. God gives power to rulers. John 19, verse 11, you can write that down. And God causes their power to end. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. God appoints new kings, making reference to what I've spoken spoke about, about the sovereignty of, of the Lord Almighty. God appoints new kings, 1 Kings 19, 15 to 16. God made proud people humble. Can we look 1, 51 to 52 there? Verses 24 to 25 of that chapter 12 of Daniel. He said, These were powerful men, but God has made them humble. God did this, and so he shows everyone his greatness. Perhaps God did this to teach the rulers to obey him. Daniel chapter 4 again. Or perhaps he did this to rescue his people who were suffering. And that takes us to 13. Job would like to argue his case with God. Hence his reply to his friends in this chapter. And in Job's reply to his friends, Job says that his friends' speeches were too simple, cannot hold water. They are like the simple that the book of Proverbs chapter 1 talks about. They just talk anyhow. They will not be simple. Or the, the, the group of people that are referred to as the simple, people that talk anyhow. When people are talking, you just chip in and you talk your own. You just want to talk because other people are talking. That's not what we are talking about. This is, these are the char- characters of Job's friends. They talk anyhow. They are the simple. They are people that have known Job. They have eaten with Job. They have worked with Job. A lot of it has been said here tonight. Job answered them. He says, his eyes are seen. Look, you are my friends. You know. I've been there. According to that verse 1. He said, my eyes have seen, my ears have heard, even my mind understood or understand all that you have, you have mentioned and all that I've also mentioned to you in that chapter, chapter 12 that I've read. I have known all these things, so there is nothing you want to tell me that is under the sun about God's sovereignty. He can do and undo. You can find yourself in any position. That does not mean that God is tra- a, a, a disciplining you but just for you to learn something. In that verse, he said, you think that you are the greatest people ever. You think that nobody else is wise. I'm trying to interpret it so that I can be able to understand when you follow it. 
What you know, I also know. What are you talking about? You are coming to blame me now. You know when I used to be, when I was like this. When God is the one that gave the uh, Satan this opportunity to, to just try me. But in all these things, I will not feel God. I think that's what the was I'm saying. But I mean, intelligence too. I know the things that you know. In fact, everyone already knows the things that you have said. Job then decided that he will speak to God himself and reason with him. In all these things that you are talking about, I will go, I can, thank God that we can easily go with him and talk with him. We are seated with him in the heavenly places. He knows that God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. In that chapter 12, 17 to 25, that's why I read it for us. He knows all these things about God. And Job, uh, he said, uh, he leaves counselors away, strips, and makes rule of judges. That chapter 12 again. He takes off the shackles, puts on the kings, and tie a, a, a loincloth around their waist. Verse 19 of that chapter 12, he leads priests away, stripped and overthrown men, long established. <coughs> Job knows all these things. And he's telling his friends, you don't want to come and tell me it's my sin or I'm rude or something else has happened to me. No, 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 I know all these things. But it has just pleased God to allow devil to try me. And that Job 12, 20 to 22 said, He silenced the lips of trusted advisors and take away the discernment of elders. Anyone that uses their mouth anyhow, God knows how to silence them. They will not use their mouth anyhow. He poured context on nobles and discerned the mighty. He revealed the deep things of, of darkness and bring deep shadows into the light. Job said, I know all these things. This is who he is. That is a humble man. Not what his friends portray him to be. He's a wise man. That is Job. Job is somebody that knows more about God. That is Job. Job is, is a lover of God. That is Job. Job is a priest in his home. We have read it all in chapter 1. So Job knows all these things. So his friends should not come and be telling him what they ought to want to tell him. Let's see what his friends were telling him. In that chapter 4, verse 17, Eliphaz told the story about a spirit, the spirit being, and he explained that nobody is perfect. He was saying that man is mortal, a spirit, just a spirit being, when he was accusing his friend. I just want to bring some, uh, mention some few things so that I can be able to understand the mind of his friends. I know the mind of uh, 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 the kind of mind that man do have sometimes when people are going through trouble. They just speak anyhow. You have said it tonight, but I'm just stemming on them to be able to come into this chapter properly. In chapter eight, Bildad preferred traditional ideas. That chapter eight, he explained that God only punishes evil people, because you know in this chapter God was responding to his friends' uh, advice, silly advice. In chapter 11, Zophar chose to speak about secret wisdom. He thought that Job deserved an even worse punishment for his evil deeds. All Job's friends agreed that God would not punish a good man. If you are a good man, you would have, God would have allowed you to be punished. This is in conclusion of what all his three friends are saying. So when they saw Job's trouble, they accused Job. They did not realize that Job was a good man. They did not know that God was proud of Job 
And they did not understand that the devil caused Job's trouble. They didn't understand that. So in that verse 1 to 3, Job has said that he knew some secret about wisdom. That you can see in Job 11.6. But Job did not agree. He thought that Zobar's advice was too simple. Job even said that everybody knows such things. Anybody can say that God is kind or that God is great. But such word did not help to explain Job's problems. Job had terrible troubles and his friends were not helping him. Sometimes you have friends like that. Friends that will laugh at you when you are going through your times and situations. Friends that will want to, want to just talk rubbish. May such friends be far away from us and bring friends that are closer. Friends that will react like Jesus. That will be more close to us and be able to encourage us in any situation that we might find ourselves. Those friends laughed at him. My friend laughed at me, the verse 4, I pray. And God answered me. I'm a good, innocent man, but you laugh. Verse 5 said, because you are comfortable, you laugh at me. You cause even more trouble for me. It would have been better for those friends to be silent rather for them to speak. Like what happened to, to them when they saw Job from afar in that chapter 2 of Job 11 to 13. You can go back home and make reference. They saw Job from afar. They couldn't even recognize him, so they sympathized with him. When they got to where Job was in that uh, chapter 2, 11 to 13, they kept quiet and they were like uh, mourning with him and they just started, they, they, they were dumbfounded. They couldn't say anything. It would have been better for them to be like that. But I think something got into their head. It would have been better for Job's friends to be silent rather than them to speak. Verse 4 to 5. People often say stupid things to someone who is suffering. Perhaps they do not try to understand the problem. Or perhaps they talk too much. Sometimes it is better just to listen and don't talk at all. There's a song that says, don't talk at all, it's my advice. Instead of gossiping people or anything, says there is something about gossiping. Even when what you say is true, then, then it, when it comes back, is a double talk and you won't believe what you said. Join the chorus, gossip, gossip evil things, much unhappiness it brings. If you can say something else, don't talk at all, it's my advice. Sometimes when you see people in trouble, you gossip them. Mm. You gossip them. My advice to us today is, don't be like those friends. Don't talk at all, is my advice. He said, but there is something about gossiping or talking. Even when what you say is true, when it comes back, it's a double talk, and you won't believe what you said. Gossip, gossip, evil things, much unhappiness it brings. If you can't say something else, don't talk at all, is my advice. Let me let all of us that are listening to, to, to the word of God not put ourselves in this type of gang, mocking people, gossiping people, and doing all these sort of things. My advice to you as well is don't talk at all. This advice. This is the way I was raised. I keep on telling you, the good old days, there are songs to put you on the track so that when you remember that song, you won't start to have people are gossiping. You won't start in the seat in the seat of mockers or walk in the way of sinners. Your delight will be in the law of the Lord as you are talking here tonight. That is all what you want to know. 
You don't want to gossip. When they are gossiping, you just pack your load and you go. Don't talk at all. It's no advice. Sometimes it's better just to listen and don't talk at all. Often our prayers achieve more than advice. Sometimes it's better to pray about it. You are confused. You don't know why things are happening around you. It's better for you to pray than to talk about it. Sympathy is better than argument. You should aim for an attitude of quiet friendship with someone who suffers, as those friends reacted in that same chapter 2, verse 11 to 13. When those three friends, Eliphaz, the Tamite, Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Nahite, heard all about the troubles that had come upon him, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. Look at those two words in that verse 11, chapter 2, sympathize and comfort. These are words that you can use to encourage people instead of talking behind them, in front of them, behind their back or whatever. Verse 11 of that chapter said, when they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud. The Bible said we should mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice. They said from afar, they weep aloud and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their head. The same way Job was looking, they brought themselves low. Verse 13 of that chapter 2 of Job, he said they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great the suffering was. It would have been better for them to act as they did from the beginning instead of uh, accusing him of sinning. Job's friend did not think that Job was trusting God. But Job's word shows his confidence in God. That you see in that chapter 13 verse 3. But I desire to speak to the Almighty God and to argue my case with God. Because this, my ears are full of this, you know, chastising me and everything. He said, I will, I will speak to God directly by myself. Which is the best thing to do when we are faced with life challenges. Take the matter to God. Said all we do not carry just to take it to God in prayers. Will you show him partiality? Will you argue the case for God? This was what he was asking him. And that was what that, that 13 says. Note how Job expresses his frustration with his friends on reasonable counsel. So that when, 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 when we are faced with challenges in our lives, let's look at this part of Job, how he expressed his frustration with his friends, with his friends on, on reasonable counsel. Verse 4 of that chapter 13. Job likened his friends to worthless physicians. Ask you to underline that. Who sometimes explain what they do not know? Have you been to doctors or people that, uh, you know, that, that, uh, they call them health, uh, health uh, officers or some, some, something? They explain what they do not know. Instead of them, if you don't know, carry the book. You are allowed to carry the book and explain to people. They explain what they do not know. That's what those friends were doing. Job liking his friends to worthless physicians who sometimes explain what they do not know. Instead of them helping to improve is their condition or helping to improve a situation, they worsen the situation. You understand? The other day, I, my leg just started, my ankle started swollen, and I went to, to the doctor. And what did the doctor say? Because I want to know, I need an x so I will know whether I've broken bone or something, because I could not walk properly. 
But what did the doctor say? After the doctor looked at him, he said, no, no, you don't need that. Don't waste your time. He's going to. He said, what you need is just uh, 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 go and exercise the leg, uh, exercise the foot. And he gave me something to rub it. And today I thank God. Yes, with little pain, but the pain is gone. Amen. So, but if it was a mother physician, they will make sure that I, I waste my time. But because this physician knows what he was doing, he didn't let me waste my time at all. He just because he knows what he was doing. In the case of Job's friend, they don't know what they were doing. And we have many people like that. He likened his friends uh, uh, to worthless physicians who sometimes explain what they did not know. Instead of them helping to improve his condition, they worsen the situation. So it would have been better for them to be silent, which he classified as wisdom rather than blab blabbing and creating or causing more trouble and worsening the matter. In another word, he said they are supposed to be silent rather than to speak foolish or meaningless words. So instead of speaking foolish or meaningless words, don't talk at all, is my advice. He encouraged his friends to hear or listen to his reasoning and heed his pleading. That chapter 13, verse 6. He cautioned them, that is his friends, that they cannot talk wicked, deceitful talk to God, nor can they mock him as man mocks a man. If they do, God will surely rebuke them. They cannot say that his punishment was because of his sin. They must be careful and not judge uh, him falsely. He really marked that. You cannot come and judge me here that my, because of my sin. You know who I am. You know how I serve God faithfully. That is the, the God just allowed the enemy just to try me this way. So he focused on them. He encouraged his friend to reverence God because he is the most excellent. Excellency. The dread of him should fall upon them. They should not talk anyhow against him because he's a child of God. What many more, uh, with many more intelligible words, he prayed and requested two things from God through his prayer. And that you can see in that verse, uh, chapter 13, 20 and 21, then 22 to 28. What are the two uh, uh, things that Job asked from God? He asked God to end his suffering by withdrawing his hand from him. Or that the dread of him will not make him afraid. That God should withdraw his hand from him and stop frightening him with terror. Because Job was really, his more than pain had gone into terror. So he was even thinking it's God that was terrifying him. You know, sometimes when people go through something that is more than them, they now focus on God and say, God, why do you allow this to happen to me? It is not God, even though God allowed it. These two things that Job asked, why you just this suffering is too much for me? Withdraw your hand from me and stop this pain that I'm going through because it's like a terror to me. The second uh, that thing that he asked for God and by allowing him to come before the Lord without complete terror in Job's mind, both requests were necessary for a fear hearing. Job's prayer requests continue. He asked God to receive, to relieve him of his pain and stop frightening him with terror. 20 to 21. To him, his offense and sin he, uh, he committed. God should not hide his face from him 
and not consider him as enemy, which was not true. But you know, when things happen to us, and we begin to talk, we talk uh, something that is not sense at all. Oh God, in that 13, 20 to 22, grant me two, two things which I've just read to us, then I will be able to face you. Remove your heavy hand from me and don't terrify me with your awesome presence. Now summon me and I will answer. Or let me speak to you and you reply. Job 13, 24, these are some of the rapport that Job had with the Lord. Why do you turn away from me? Why do you treat me as your enemy? Was it so? Because of pain, Job started using his mouth. You know, like in the scripture of <clears throat> Colossians 4 6, the word that comes out of our mouth, let it be seasoned with salt. Would you terrify Eli? Look at, look at what he said. He said, I asked you to underline it, it's so interesting. Would you terrify a leaf blown by the wind? A leaf that is dead already. Is it going to be? When when the thing falls in my compound here, you know, the the gardener will come and then we'll be blowing them and blowing them and just blow them and go and put them somewhere. They can't be terrified because there is no life in them anymore. It's liking itself to to, to, to a lifeless person. The pain is so much that he, he brought himself so low. I don't know what you are going through. May God put the right words in our mouth when we go through our pain. Liking himself a dead leaf that can only be blown by the wind. Would you terrify a leaf blown by the wind? Would you chase dry straw? You know, these are some of the things that are planted in the Nile. He said, you put my feet in stock, in shackle. He didn't put his feet in shackle, but it's like chains on his feet. That's how he felt. You examine or keep close watch on all my paths by putting mark on the sole of my feet. That is, the, the boil is from the head to the sole of his feet. You show everything, there is no breathing space for me. In other words, you trace, you, uh, you trace all my footprints. Look at that verse again. I waste away like rotting wood. Look at the word that is uh, speaking to himself. He said, verse 28 of that chapter. He said, I waste away like rotting woods. Because I have woods, yeah, I know what it, it means to, to, to have rotting woods. In a rotting wood, caterpillar will come out from there. Different kinds of insects and animals will come from a rotting wood. That is, it's, it's, it's dead already. Living dead. That's what he said to himself. Let's know the type of word that we speak to ourselves even when we're in pain. Said, I waste away like rotting woods. So man wastes away like something rotting or like a garment eaten by moth. Remember Jeremiah? One of the chapters there, the two uh, adage, when he asked him to go and put uh, the, the, the cloth in the rock. And that is how his people have neglected him and put him somewhere. Or like a moth-eating pot. You must be very careful on how we run unnecessary comments with our mouth. That's what I mark against that one. Or watchful on how we use our mouth. How you use our minds. The man of God has been preaching to us about mindsets. You must be very careful on how we use our mouth, our mind, or how we speak. Let the word that comes out of our mouth be seasoned with salt. Colossians 4, 6 says, the word that comes out of our mouth must be seasoned with salt. 
Ignoring his friend's accusations, Job insists on his innocence and desire to reason with God. In that verse 22. Job 13, 9 to, uh, to 12. Would it turn out well if he examined you? Could you deceive him? Or you might deceive men. He will surely rebuke you if you secretly show, show partiality. These are his friends talking here now. Would not the splendor terrify you? Would not the dread of him fall on you? Your maxim are proverbs of ashes. Your defenses are defenses of clay. Job's response here. <laughs> After his friend has used their mouth to, to, to speak rubbish, he now said, Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. Indeed, this return verse 16, I'm reading 15 and 16 of that chapter 13. Indeed, this will turn out for my deliverance, for no godless man could dare come before him. Listen carefully to my word. Let your ears, verse 17, let your ears take in what I say. Verse 18, now that I have prepared my case, I know I will be vindicated. Can anyone bring charges against me? If so, I will be silent and die. Only grant me these two things that I have spoken about before and then I will not hide from you. We we'll notice as we read along in the chapter 47, because we are still, still going to get there, that God was not pleased with those friends' advice. He was not pleased with the advice at all in that 42 service. He was angry with them and asked them to sacrifice a burnt offering to him. Then Job will pray for them and they will be forgiven. Thank God for the type of heart. I wrote here Psalm 27. The Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom shall we fear? The Lord is the stronghold of our life. Of whom shall we be afraid? He talks about wicked people, enemy. You know, that's my precious psalm that I reach. There's no time to explain that psalm here. When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortune. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. Then all his brothers, sisters, former friends came and feasted with him in his home. And they consoled him and comforted him. This was after Job has forgiven his friends. So that we can know that it's good to forgive. It's good to forgive. It's only when we forgive that we cannot bring a thanksgiving offering before the Lord that God will accept our thanksgiving offering. And they consoled him and comforted him because of all the trials the Lord had brought against him. And each of them brought him a gift of money and a gold ring. So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life, even more than in the beginning. For now he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 cattle, 1,000 uh, oxen, and 1,000 <coughs> female donkeys. He also gave Job seven more sons and three more daughters. He named his first uh, Jemima, the second Kizia, and the third Karen Hapot. In all the land, no woman was beautiful as the daughters of Job. God beautified them with his glory. And their father put them into his will along with their brothers. Job lived one forty years after after that, living to see four generations of his children and great grandchildren. Then he died, an old man who had lived long life. That quickly takes us to fourteen. Fourteen is not much. Chapter fourteen. Job reference in this chapter his frustration again 
and the nature of the reality of life. I want us to see, look into this chapter 14. It's something that when I was deliberating on it again and again, it really touched my life seriously because a lot of us live in this world as if uh, we are not going to die. The kingdom of God or this world is not for only eating and drinking, celebration, marriage, uh, naming, a ceremony, uh, uh, partying, walking, uh, getting job, out of job, his job, and no, 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 that's not all what it's all about. When you read this chapter, you'll be able to know how to reverence God and carry God along in everything that you do. Job reverence, uh, referenced in this chapter his frustration and the nature of the reality of life. He has stressed in his speech that life is brief and full of many troubles. I want you to underline it. That's what he started with in this chapter. That our life on earth is brief. I can preach a sermon from this chapter. Our life on earth is brief. That's why I thank God for, for those of us that are deliberating on this word every Tuesday, every, every Wednesday, every day in this house that we are led to pray that we are in the kingdom. We must begin to do the things of the kingdom. We must follow the kingdom. My, my, my heart grieves or mourn when, when, when I look at this. How I, I can put the word in us so that we can be able to know that we can only live for Christ. We cannot live for ourselves. How we take things of God on seriously. We don't take it seriously. This chapter, if you read it over and over again, it will bring you back to, to, to basis. It will bring you back to knowing God more. That life is brief. Our, our, our days or our years on earth is for a brief moment. We are eating, we are getting married, buying wedding gown, wedding suits, flower girls, starting a home. By the time we start the home, we start to produce children. Our children too are ready to get going and we are left on our own. Before you know it, our own time is gone. Where are our parents today? Some of them have gone ahead of us. Life, you must know it, that life is brief and full of many troubles. Job said it. But because we love God, God makes the trouble to be limited. He then puts it this way. Mortal born of woman, of few days, and full of trouble. They spring up like flowers. I'm reading what that uh, 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 chapter 14 says. They spring up like flowers, and wither away like fleeting shadows. They do not endure. And that takes up to Psalm 90 and many other psalms, but I'm just going to read the Psalm 90 for us to be just think so to mention but a few in that Psalm 90. He said, God has been from everlasting to everlasting. God has been there. He formed the earth and the world uh, uh, before the mountains are brought forth. That's what he did. Let there be light that was light. He likened man to grass that flourishes in the morning and cut down and wither in the evening. That's what that psalm said, and exactly what Job is saying here. Our days on earth can last 70 to 80 years with hard labor and sorrow until our life is no more. That's what that verse 10 says. As I help us and say, okay, we can live maybe, if God permits, we can live 100. And by the time we finish, we have to go. So why are we living on earth as if we are not going to go again? It's for a brief moment. Job said it in this chapter. And in that psalm again, in that verse 10, he said, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. When you keep on living morning and evening, 
You say, I just, some people say, I just celebrate birthday. You have to celebrate your birthday so that you'll be able to recall and say, ah, thank God the apostle just celebrated one. So this is the year you have, you have lived. You want to thank God for the remaining, that God will help us to be able to, to, to make it to the end. Teach us to number our days. A lot of people don't number their days. You just wake up in the morning, you are going to work. You come back from work, you sit down, you eat roast, you eat chicken. And that's not what life is all about. Take children to school, bring them back, school run, which I have to celebrate after I, when I, when I don't school, school run anyway, I celebrate it. That's not all what about life. It's for a brief moment, all these things you are talking about. Our days on earth can last 70 to 80 years with hard labor and sorrow. Until our lives is no more. Apostle was asking me the other day, why are we even on earth? We are on earth for a purpose. We are great people of God with a purpose. And we will all fulfill that purpose on earth in Jesus' name. So teach us your days. Teach us the number of days that we may gain a, a, a heart of wisdom. Last time he said, he concluded and ends with prayer. Pray that the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And establish the work of our hands. If the work of your hands is to be established on earth and when we get into glory, how will it be? Is it sleep, 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 play, play, play? One of my children went to school when he came back from school. I said, what did you do today? Yeah. So we play, 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 play. Only play up here. I didn't even hear from there. I said, what do you do? Uh, uh, only work once. Is that what I've come to do on earth? Play, 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 play. Walk, 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 walk. You don't have time for God. <laughs> we are going to eat. <laughs> we are going to Say it in the end when it comes to take us home. Always know that we are here just for a brief moment of time. In that verse 7 to 12, he said, Job likened or compared the hope of a fallen tree to the destiny of a dead man. The hope of a he was, you know, this Job is a, a, he loved nature, loves everything, love earth, everything about nature. You, you meet Job there. Great wisdom that God gave to this man. Liking and compared the hope of a fallen tree. To the destiny of a man. The tree may sprout again. I said to you that the tree that fell in my garden here, I was telling the gardener, chop it, chop it, chop it. The guy said, no, 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 we can leave it. It's going to be an habitation for all the animals and the birds and so. By the time I see it, to the tree as even, even though it was falling, but the root growing. is still there and it's still growing leaves and it becomes an habitation. Really. Even I love it myself. The tree may sprout again. He believes man cannot. This was the belief in the era of Job's uh, era or days. Last year suggested that the grave as the end is going to be the end of man. That is not going to be. I made reference about Job 19.25. I'm not going to go into that. This belief helped him to bear his suffering. In that verse 13 to 17. But for the cross of Calvary, we have the hope of a glorious resurrection. Hallelujah. What does the first Thessalonians four thirteen to eighteen says? We go and read that. What does First Corinthians five, First Corinthians five, First Corinthians fifteen to four says? You know we have a better hope for tomorrow. Therefore, we cannot weep like unbelievers do. We cannot just be living on earth as people that has no hope, not like a tree, that like a fallen tree that has no destiny. If a fallen tree does not have a destiny, we have a destiny. We have a hope. That is what I'm bringing to us tonight. In Job's era, they don't have a hope. But Jesus died for us on the cross of Calvary. Since we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have hope for a better tomorrow. And death is not the end of our life. 
Death is not the end of our life. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. He gives us victory. There is a better tomorrow. We shall reign with him forevermore. Amen. Job was certainly weary of life. He was, his, his life, he, he was terrified. His, his life was full of trouble. But thank God that we can read about Job today. We can read about all what he has put down in this Job 14. When we finish this Job 14, go back home and read it again. And always know behind your mind that we are only here for a brief, for a short time. And that this world is not our home. We are passing through. When the time comes, Jesus is coming to take us home. We have a hope for better tomorrow. And we shall reign with him forevermore in eternity in the name of Jesus. I rest my case here tonight. God bless you. Well, why don't we first thank God for the revelation of the word we have had tonight. Let's just pray for of thanks. Father, we bless your name yes, for the Lord. revelation you of your word. Your the Bible says the entrance of your word yes, gives yes, life. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank God for the thank word you, that have come to you from God. Thank God that the purpose of the word shall be achieved. Yes, yes, yes. The desire of God will be accomplished. Father, we bless you. We exalt and magnify We exalt you and thank you for your word. Blessed be your name, Lord. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. There is something I want us to pick up. While uh, Reverend Mamioma was speaking, she read the book of Job 42. What is God's... All the time that these three friends were speaking and Job, God kept quiet. But when God spoke, in verse 7, it says, After the Lord has said all these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends because you have not spoken to me what is right as my servant Job has. Among these people spoke about how God was, is great and all stuff, but yet God was angry with them. Why was God angry with them? Because they accused his child of God falsely. Maybe you have faltered in your lips about some comments you have made with others, about others rather. You know, situations that are, uh, you know, some other Christians around you are going to situations, even if they are non-Christian, and you have made comments about the reason why they should be going through that same, uh, situation. God hates it. That's what God is saying. And God, in this case, had to tell Job to do a sacrifice for them and bless them so that the punishment of God would not come upon them. We're going to pray. You're going to tell the Lord, Father, forgive me for every word that has come out of my mouth. That is a careless word. Mm. Jesus said, man will give account for every careless word mm. that they have spoken. Mm. Much more that we have learned that we must never... I always say to you that when people have problems and they come to you or you know about it, what is better? Do you have to be asking what led you to the problem? No, they are in it already. What a child of God should do is how do we get out of it without looking for accusations that you do not know. If they told you why they are in it, yes. But you see people going through things and begin to run comment. Tell the Lord to forgive you. Tell the Lord to cleanse your, your lips. In every way that you have done wrong, by making comments or inference about you know, why people are suffering or why people are you know, going through a particular issue, 
which is not true. Tell the Lord, Lord, you see my heart. I spoke as a man. Forgive me. Tell the Lord to forgive you. Father God, we receive forgiveness in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' holy name. Now, Mark, Matthew 6.10. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, lift up your voice and begin to intercede. Lord, we enforce your kingdom over the affairs of our country. Pray for your cabinet. Pray for your rulers in your country uh, from wherever you are listening to me. Let your kingdom be enforced over our parliament. Let your kingdom be enforced over the decision of our government. Let your kingdom be enforced over our country, United Kingdom. Pray for your own nation. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Now begin to overthrow all the plans of the enemy, all the will of Satan over your, over your nation, over the, the, the decision maker. If you are going for an election in the few, few years, years time, begin to pray that God will overthrow the plans of Satan, that that election God will bring and choose someone who will raise people who will hear the word of God and listen to the voice of the Spirit. Father, let your kingdom come in the church and force your kingdom over the church of God on earth. Destroy the altar of Satan in various cities, in various nations, in churches where Satan has held his hold. Father, destroy the altar of the devil. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Empower, Lord. Let your kingdom come over your people on earth. Let your kingdom come over continents in the name of Jesus. We pray for the continent of Africa. Lord, let your kingdom come. Flush out the manifestation of Satan. Destroy every throne of the wicked one. In Latin America, let your kingdom come. Destroy all the powers and the plans of the wicked one. In, in, in North America, let your kingdom come. Destroy all the powers of the wicked one. In the name of Jesus, the decision of the devil will not hold over Canada, over Australia, Father of Salisha, we pray for Asia in the name of Jesus, China, India. <coughs> we pray for all these nations of God. Let your kingdom come. Tell the Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Overthrow the kingdom of the devil in the name of Jesus. Every plan of the devil to frustrate this world will come against it by the blood of Jesus. Pray for the Middle East. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done in the name of Jesus. We frustrate all the agenda of the devil in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, let your kingdom come, let your kingdom come, let your kingdom come. We pray for United Kingdom. Lord, let your kingdom come over Europe. Every table of the money changer be overthrown. Every plan of the devil be destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. Enforce your kingdom in the streets of our nation. Enforce your kingdom in counties in our nation. Enforce your kingdom in boroughs of our nation. Enforce your kingdom of God from one country to the other. Lay, lay, Carlos, Let your glory fill the earth. Mercy, mercy, mercy upon the sons of men. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy. Pray and tell God, send your revival. Will you not revive us again, O God, that your people may rejoice? Lord, show us some funny kindness. Lord, revive us. Send revival, O God. Send revival. Tell the Lord, send revival to my soul, beginning from me. Send revival to my body. O Lord, send your revival, Lord. Send your revival, Lord. Send your revival, Lord. Send your revival, Lord, that your people may rejoice again. Let there be revival on the streets of our nations. Let there be revival on the streets of our country. Let there be revival in our continent. Oh God, like a wildfire, come by storm, come by power, come by storm, come by power. Lord, breathe your breath 
for mankind. Fire of the Holy Spirit. Fire of the Holy Spirit. Send your fire, O God. Send your fire, O God. Send your fire, O God. Now begin to tell the Lord, pour out your spirit. Isaiah 44, verse 3. He says, for I will pour water on the thirsty land. Tell the Lord, pour your water upon me. I am thirsty, Lord. Pour your water upon your church. We are thirsty, Lord. We are thirsty. He says, and streams on the dry, dry ground. Tell, tell the Lord, send your stream to our dry ground. Let our, our thirsty land be filled with water. Let our dry ground be filled with, 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 with your stream. He says, I will pour my spirit on your offspring. Pour your spirit on God. Tell God, pour your spirit upon me. I am the offspring. Pour your spirit upon me, O God, and your blessings upon us. Pour your spirit upon us and your blessings upon us. Pour your spirit upon us and your blessings upon us. This is the month of manifestation of God. It is the month that God said He will manifest Himself. He will bless the people. Oh, Father God, we pray Thee. We pray Thee. We pray Thee. He will fulfill that which He has promised. Your Spirit, Your Spirit, Your Spirit, Your Spirit, Your Spirit. For Your Holy Ghost, water, water of the Spirit, river, 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 fire, 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 fire of the Holy Ghost, fire of the Holy Ghost. Pour upon me, fire of the Holy Ghost into my house, fire of the Holy Ghost into my church. Fire of the Holy Ghost, fire, fire, water, water, river, 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 upon our children, upon the old ones, the scary to malere, bring malebra, keep the fire, 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 marakatele, le koto, lulo, goshile, mama, a point of your fire, and then the blessing will come, my kareto, goshina, mother, for all your spirit, oh God, your spirit, your spirit, your spirit, ye mare, ye kereku, malarembo, ora katale, brekele, monsora, bovende, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We pray to you, King of Heaven. Mandro do suku para my sandaria. In Jesus' anointed oh, name, yes, I pray. Lord, amen, amen. Isaiah 59, verse 19 says, For from the west, men will fear the name of the Lord. And from the rising of the sun, they will revile his glory. For he will come like a pent up flood that the breath of the Lord drives along. The Redeemer will come to Zion to those in Jacob who repent of their sins, which is Christians, declares the Lord. We're going to tell the Lord, restore your fear back to the church. Because you see all these characters that the friends of Job had, that you find in some Christians, just the just the light when people are talking about somebody's problem, that's where they just spend their time. See no manners of reckless things. It is because of lack of fear of God. Now, the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So, if you say a Christian, you know, struggling with understanding, struggling with knowledge, check his dose of fear of God. If Satan can make a Christian reckless, he can block, block your brain, he can block your mind. And so we're going to pray, Lord, let your fear come into the church. Reveal yourself to every Christian under heaven in a way that will fear you. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray thee. Let your fear come back into your church of God. The Bible says that men will fear your name. You said from the west, men will fear your name. From the rising of the sun, they will revive your glory. Father, Lord, pass through your church in a way that people will fear you. Lord, reveal yourself to every one of us in a way that will terrify us. When you reveal yourself at River Tigris to Daniel, he fell on his knees. He was breathless. Mm-hmm. Same thing you did to, 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 to John in Island of Patmos until you strengthened their body. Let us have encounters of you. Lord, let us encounter you. Lord, let us encounter you in a way that will cause our heart to fear you. 
Father, show us a God. Reveal yourself to us. Reveal yourself, your awesomeness. Reveal. When you reveal your awesomeness to Moses on the mountain, the people were afraid to even go near the foot of the mountain. Pass through your church or not to God. Pass through your church or not to God that we may fear you. Lord, let your dread come upon us. Let your fear come upon us. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Let your fear rule our hearts. Let your fear rule our mind. Let your fear rule our home. Lord, that everyone will do things in the fear of God. You will be the first in our consideration day and night. Deliver your church, O God, from the hands of the devil. Deliver us from the snare of Satan in the name of Jesus. Help us to fear you, Lord. Help us to walk in your fear. Help us, O God. Tell the Lord, return to Zion. It is your promise. He said, this is what the Lord says. I will return to Zion, my dwelling place. Then Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth. The church of God shall be called the city of truth. Father, return to the pulpit, O God. Return to your church, O God. Return to your church, O God. He says, and the mountain of the Lord Almighty will be called Holy Mountain. Return to your people, O God. Return to your church, O God. Destroy every ungodliness. Father, have mercy. Have mercy. We are in the end times. Father, have mercy, O God. Arise in your power. Let's begin to tell the Lord, restore the fallen tent of David. Yes, o oh, Father, restore the fallen tent of David. Acts chapter 15, verse 16 and 17. After this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. It's ruined. I will rebuild. Father, restore, return, O oh God, to your people. Restore and rebuild the fallen tent of David. Rebuild your people. He says, and I will restore it that the remnant of men may seek the Lord. In the name of Jesus, bring forth this to God. Bring it to manifestation in all your church on the, on the earth. Father, Lord, bring it to manifestation. Destroy the spirit of error. Oh, Lord, let the zeal of God fill our hearts. That your name be exalted. Thank you, sovereign Lord. <clears throat> In Jesus' anointed name. I want us to pray for two categories of people now before we stop. In the book of Psalm 79, verse 10, it says, Why should the nation say, Where is their God? Before our eyes, make known among the nations that you have, that you have based the outpour blood of your servant. We want to pray for Christians that have been slaughtered, that God should avenge their blood with revival. The nation that have spilled the blood of Christians, that the Lord will storm that nation, according to this scripture that we have read. Before our eyes, all the nations we have been hearing war, Syria, uh, Iraq, it seems as if the war will never come to an end. Iran, you know, the border of that, Afghanistan, you know, war all these years, war and war and war. You know, this war they are fighting in the... Uh, 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 the Baltic region, uh, not far from us in England here, you know, the nations that have been killing Christians, Nigeria, all this Boko Haram stuff, the whole northern, uh, 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 the, uh, the, 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 the Sahara uh, north of, uh, of Africa is, is, is now the nesting place for all these evil people. We are going to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, avenge their blood. Avenge the blood of your sins. Lift up your voice, begin to pray. Avenge the blood of your sins. Avenge the blood in our own time. Let us see it, Lord. 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 He said, why should the nations say, where is their God? Nations are saying, where is the God of Christians? By all these illegitimate laws they are making. Father, we pray thee. But before our eyes, you say, 
you will make nations you will avenge the blood that is shed of your servant father we pray make it known among the nations that Christians are your own people avenge your blood oh God avenge your blood Christians are being killed by various nations and no one to help them arise oh God today avenge their blood avenge their blood avenge their blood avenge their blood put an end to all this courtism put an end to all this courtism that they are calling terrorists in the name of Jesus, put an end to them. Put an end to them. Let us pray that division will come into the midst of Boko Haram of Nigeria. Division will come into all these ISIS in the name of Jesus. Their kingdom will turn down to pieces. God will raise adversaries against them that will overcome them, that will rise up against them and smite them out in the name of Jesus and cause revival to begin in the cities where they are rabbit. Lord, revival will come into the areas where they are rabbit. Revival will come. And then the blood of your people that have been shed by the devil through all these unscrupulous people. Lord, I beg, before our eyes as we go into the new year, let us begin to see, let us begin to see that the coalition of these groups begin to divide, that there will be confusion among them, terrible confusion, delusion from heaven. They will turn their weapons against themselves. They will run out of their hibernation. They will be overthrown. All the places where the hibernation have been set on fire, Lord, you will make them, you will strip them of their hiding places. Mandrobosi, you will open your eyes to them as you did to Pharaoh. When they saw your eyes, they were terrified. Let them see your eyes, O oh God. O oh God of Christians, arise in your power. Arise in your power. Lord Jesus, we ask you that you arise in your power and avenge the blood of those who have been innocently killed in the name of Jesus from nation to nation and replace all those areas with revival, mighty revival that will bring an end to war, that will bring an end to bloodshed, that will be massive salvation across the globe. Father, we pray for this, Lord, that your name be exalted. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Amen. Now you want to pray for yourself now and I will take you through of prayer on this for five minutes. Now, number one, you are going to pray Jeremiah said in that chapter 30, verse 8, In that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will break the yoke of their neck uh, and will tear off their bones. No longer will foreigners enslave them. You are going to pray. Everyone that has been bound by the devil among God, Father, destroy the yoke. Father, destroy you. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. In the name Father, of Jesus, you have promised you will break the yoke of their neck. Lord, you will tear the bond. Every yoke over our life will destroy them by the blood of Jesus. Every chain, oh God, will destroy the name of Jesus. Every bond will destroy the name of Jesus. Foreigners will not enslave Christians. Demons shall not enslave Christians. Human beings shall not enslave Christians. We pray for everyone. Whatever you have been Yes, are you to broken. We command them to be broken over our children, over our church members. In the name of Jesus, you'll be broken. You'll be broken. Don't return to pieces. Mandara bashiki robosita, lendele bosika ramasita, ora braka bale boboshanti. Lord, we pray thee. You said no more shall they be oppressed. Mekra kataba mbosha, eremboli moroti sikara barande. Father, Lord, destroy the oppressors over your people, O God. Free the souls of your people. Free our people. Prisoners, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we pray thee, let there be liberty that our people can fulfill the destiny that heaven has ordained for them. Now begin to pray for healing. It says in the book of Jeremiah 17, verse 14, Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are the only one I pray. Tell the Lord, heal my body. Heal my body, Lord. Heal my body, Lord. Heal my blood, Lord. Heal my organs, Lord. From the crown of my head to the 
sole of my feet. I declare healing into the in the name of Jesus. I declare healing to my kidney. I declare healing to my organs. I declare healing to my hand, my circulatory system, my blood system. We declare healing. We declare healing. We declare healing in our lymphatic system. We declare healing in the name of Jesus. He lost Lord. 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 Anything the devil has planted in our physical body, Holy Ghost fire destroyed. Holy Ghost fire destroyed. Whatever the devil has planted in our mind, Holy Ghost fire destroyed. Holy Ghost fire destroyed. Holy Ghost fire destroyed. Holy Ghost fire destroyed. Whatever you have planted in marriages of your people, Holy Ghost destroyed. Holy Ghost destroyed. Whatever the devil has planted in the family, in our children, Holy Ghost destroyed. Holy Ghost destroyed. Holy Ghost destroyed. Free your people, Lord. Heal, Lord. Heal, Lord. Heal, Lord. Save, Lord. Heal, Lord. Save, Lord. Deliver. Rika, Pama, Leto, Roto, Meka, Vepre, Legunde, Zelembe, Hora, Kebra, Lende, Huria. Let the sick be healed right now. Let the sick be healed right now. Let the sick be healed right now. Let families be restored right now. Let families be restored right now. Let marriages be restored. Let life be restored, O God. Everything the devil has stolen be restored, be restored, be restored, be restored, be restored. Begin to command abundance and plenty. Father, I command abundance. The Bible says in Psalm 37, 19, in the time of disaster, they will not wither. In the days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. Call for plenty over your life. Lord, I call plenty into my house. I call plenty into my family. I call plenty, oh God, into your church. In this time of famine, let there be plenty. Let there be plenty. Let there be plenty. Ideas that will produce plenty. Receive, receive, receive. In the name of Jesus. This is perilous time. You said my people will live in peace. Tell the Lord, spread your wings over me. Spread your wings over my house. Spread your wings over my family. Isaiah 32 verse 18. He said my people will live in peace. In peaceful dwelling places. In secure homes. In, in undisturbed places of rest. Lord, spread your wing over us. 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 In the midst of calamity. Spread your wings over us. Every one of us, Lord. The Bible says, He that when the shadow of the most high will abide shadow of the Almighty. Lord, we pray thee. We bless your holy name. Lift up your voice and we will pray. And thank God. Thank God for this hour. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his glory. Thank God for his understanding. Father, we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We exalt and magnify you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Critically, Ruthie Brukubashi. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying. Let me bless you. It is written He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. Everyone under my voice that is jobless, receive your job in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Lord, I invoke mercy from heaven for everyone that is hungry. Receive mercy in the name of Jesus. Amen. Receive provision in the name of Jesus. Amen. For everyone that have been oppressed, Father Lord, fight for them. Amen. People who have some oppressors in their office, fight for them. Amen. People who are just being oppressed by some other people, Lord, today, fight for them. Amen. Let tomorrow morning be a morning of victory for them. Amen. Let tomorrow morning things change for them. People who have had bad news, pending and looming, I revoke those bad news and I decree that God will intervene in the news that is looming over your life, that you are here, you have had it, it's coming and you are so terrified. I say that news is, re- is revoked. 
in the name of Jesus. Because it is written, I know my thought towards you, says the Lord, does not to harm you, but to prosper you. What seems like harm to you today, I revoke it by the word of God. Amen. In the book of Jeremiah 29, 12, in the 11, in the name of Jesus, I revoke bad news. I revoke bad news. I revoke bad news. Receive good news in his stead. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, by the power Amen. that is above all power and authority that is above all authority. He says, our sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by their own great power. Not on the outside with the outside hand. Nothing is too difficult for you. Your case will not be difficult in the name of Jesus. Whatever be the situation that faces each one of you in your life, I invoke the Holy Spirit of God. Father, intervene. Lord, tonight, intervene. Lord, tonight, intervene. Lord, tonight, intervene. Let tonight be my night of intervention. Lord, intervene. Reverse the odd circumstances. Lord, step into the boat. Step into the storm in the name of Jesus. Calm the storms of life that is around some of the people listening to me. In every life, Lord God, let there be manifestation of light in the areas of darkness. That tomorrow morning, it shall bring some joy unto us. It shall bring celebration unto us. And Lord, above all, reveal yourself to your people. He says, I'm the Lord who teaches you on the right way to go. Father, God, the Holy Spirit, take over our mind. Control our mind. Even in our sleep, give us visions and revelations. Fill our, our sleep with visions and revelations. Strengthen the souls and the bodies of, of your people. Empower us, O oh God, to be able to seek your face. Empower us with a position right with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, take control of everybody's body and mind and, 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 and soul in the name of Jesus. That the flesh will not control us and man will not control us. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. Let your hand rest upon everyone. In the name of Jesus, Psalm 80, 17 says, Let your hand rest on the man at the right hand and the son of a man you have raised up for yourself. Let your hand rest upon these people, Lord. Let your hand rest upon every one of us. Let it rest upon our families, rest upon our homes, rest, O oh God, upon all our churches, that your name be glorified. We thank you, King of Heaven, because you have done it, even as you have asked in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. Lord, we pray for those who have their birthdays today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord open a book of remembrance concerning you. May the Lord grant you rest in this very season. Whatever be the desires of your heart, may heaven agree with you. And we pray that the blessings of God will, will come over you and God will grant the great desires of your heart. May God take you from where you are to where you ought to be. And every obstacle before you become the ladder of promotion for you. We celebrate with you today and declare days of celebration will never end in your life. Father, we bless them. They with long life, we bless them and prosperity shall be there. According to your holy scriptures, the spirit of God is upon us and the word of God in our mouth will not depart from our children Amen. and our descendants forever. Amen. Lord, I pray for those who have their weddings. Lord, especially people also whose marriages are on the rock because there is a messenger of Satan assigned to come and test their faith or to hinder them or disturb. Lord, I isolate those spirits. I disband them and destroy their works in the name of Jesus. 
I speak that early love be restored into every marriage mm-hmm. so that they will be able to settle the peace and, and together husband and wife will serve the living God. Every turbulence of Satan in marriages and families, I command them to seize every division and hatred that Satan has brought into marriages and family. I revoke them in the name of Jesus. I mm-hmm. bind the strong men assigned to every family and against every marriage and I release the angels of God in the name of Jesus, bringing peace and unity and understanding into every marriage and into every family. Thank you, Lord, for the testimonies we have had this very week, even today, Lord, from your children. We celebrate your victory and your grace and manifestation in the life of your children. You are God who answers prayer. And this is 237 nights we have been praying. Thank you for strength of God. Thank you, Father, for strength from heaven. God, the Holy Spirit, thank you for the way you have directed us over this world and have used us as watchmen over our nations and over the nations of the world and hearken to the voice that spoke through us. Thank you for visions and revelations of things that will happen in various nations you have been telling us. And thank you for the way you have guided us to pray against the powers of the devil and lift up the will of God over cities, over families, over nations. May your great name be ever praised. May your authority ever remain in our lives. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you together. God bless you. And see you tomorrow. Same time tomorrow. Let's remember our meeting tomorrow is back to our normal prayer session. And it will start at 7 p.m. Spread the news. And God bless you. Have a restful night.